There you go. Available in all good bookstores. So uh, we are, we're going to go through a bit of kind of practical stuff this morning. Um, after I share um, as, as briefly as I possibly can. Uh, and then, but, so there's just lots of information. We're talking a lot about our life hubs, but our life hubs aren't just life hubs. It's, it's, that's part of a, a big um, kind of, uh, say system sounds a little bit uh, culture. Yes, culture of discipleship and care and kingdom advancement and Pastoral stuff all wound into that. Uh, so I'll stop talking about what I'm going to talk about and then just say it and then we can move on. Um, so obviously as, as carriers of God's kingdom, we carry the kingdom of God because we carry the king within us. Amen? All right. So as carriers of the kingdom of God, it is part of our role is to release his kingdom into the world. So when we, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we have a responsibility in that. And that is Matthew 28, 18. All authority has been given to Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Yes, all people groups. It's your role. It's not my role. It's not the church's role. It's not a program's role. It's every single person's role. If you say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, you are automatically a disciple maker. Amen? Point to say, who has two thumbs and is a disciple maker? All right. So part of our role then is to do that. And so we make subs of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which isn't, in my um, theological opinion, about dunking people in water. That, that, that is part of it, is immersion. Um, but that is a symbol of the immersive reality that we're supposed to invite people into, which essentially is immersing them into the nature of the Father, into the nature of the Son, and into the nature of the Spirit. So I call the baptism that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, in that little bit there, is our role is to immerse people into Trinitarian community. Yeah? So we are inviting someone. Someone says yes to Jesus. We don't say, oh, cool, come, I'll dunk you under some water, and then we'll move on. It's like, I'm going to come, and I'm going to take you on a journey and immersing you fully submerged in the reality of the Father God. And I'm going to fully immerse you in the reality of the Son, Jesus. And I'm going to fully immerse you, invite you into this immersive experience of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so that might change some perspective that you have. We still dunk people in water, and there's lots in the New Testament that talks about the imagery of that and the, the passing from you know, old life into new life, but that's that. And then we go and we, what's the next bit? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded Again, obedience is the key. Not teaching them everything I've commanded. We know lots of commands. Yeah, I, I guarantee you've probably got enough information to spend from today to the rest of your life just obeying what you already know. Okay, so don't get concerned that you need to know more things. Generally, we need to obey more things. Because generally, we are educated beyond our obedience. So we know more than what we do. Jesus is interested in our doing obviously interested in our being and out of our being then comes our doing but he's not interested in just I'll just be and know a whole lot of stuff it's to teach them to obey so part of then that discipleship journey is that as you are a disciple maker of others and you're being discipled is that you take people on that journey and you teach them not just things about God but you teach them to walk in the reality of who he is amen not even in my notes. There's a freebie for you. So our life hubs are our, our what we might call small groups, connect groups, life groups, home groups, 
etc., etc., etc. What we want to do, and not always in what we do a different name, but we talk about life hubs because they are hubs of community that do life together. So that's the reason for the name. We're not just trying to be different or funky or cool or whatever. There is intentionality in our language. And that is they are, they are groupings of people, a hub, a connection point of life and community. So they are not a meeting. So if you say, oh, I'm, are you going to Life Hub on Wednesday? That doesn't make sense. Okay? So not, not allowed to say that anymore. You'll get fined. <laughs> not really, but, but it's important because our language shapes our culture. What we speak out and we create... You know, we create these realities and understandings. So our life over is that's a community of people. That's my family that I belong to in the wider family of Paradox Church. So if you imagine these are like your, your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers, your close connection, and then the broader community might be like your aunties and uncles and grandparents and that sort of thing. And then outside of that, you know, it's not just Life Hubs and Paradox Church and then no one else. Then it's all of the other churches in our city and nation and world who love Jesus and are following Jesus. We're all related and connected right across the world. Okay, But we have a, a local context and, and place of connection that we journey together with people. So our life hubs are that primary place of discipleship and connection and family and all of those things. But they are also outposts of the kingdom of God. So this is a really important part that we understand that it's not like, well, we've got, you know, what the church is doing and then we've kind of just got this pocket over here of of life hubs. We also don't uh, tend to focus on our small groups as being an optional extra. If you are part of Paradox Church, you are in a life hub. And if you are in a life hub, you are part of Paradox Church. If you're not connected into a life hub, we don't consider you like maybe like what a member would be. I'm not trying to exclude people or be mean or anything. But that's how we know that people are really connected in. They're serious about Jesus. They're journeying together with the community. doesn't mean you have to attend every week or have to, all of that sort of stuff. Is that you're connected to a community of people. Yes? That's what it looks like. So for us, maybe in churches where they would say, oh, if you have 60% of people, or it could be 40%, some number that statisticians say, if you've got that percentage of people in small groups, you're successful. Whereas for us, it's 100% of our community is in some form of discipleship community. Yes? Amen. I'm I'm rushing through. But they are outposts for the kingdom of God. So as the kingdom comes, it might come in this corporate context, but it also comes and flows out through those contexts as well. And this might be a shift for some of you to think missionally about the community that I journey with. But they are not just places of gathering people in, it's also places of sending people out and connecting with people. So our larger kind of corporate gatherings are for, you know, this is where we host the presence of God. Uh, we, we get equipped and empowered through teaching, released into the world. Um, there is a, a corporate impact and intercession of what we do. So oftentimes you'll see where the worship leads us. It's not just singing praise to God or receiving from him, but it's also about speaking into things and breaking things and dealing with corporate strongholds and all of that fun, funky, cool stuff. Yeah? All right, is everyone tracking with me? Or I'm just seeing blank faces, but I'm, 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 just, I'm just believing. I'm understanding what I'm saying. So life hubs are where the outworking of all of these things take place. So if, I, if, if we have a time of teaching, we can't take a, a, a topic and 
um, boil it down to how it would most radically impact your particular life in your context with your background and all of those sorts of things. So even when we teach, there's also there needs to be a place where we actually walk out that reality. Otherwise, if we just come week after week, we get filled up with teaching and understanding and we don't walk that out, we need a community to walk that out with and that is our life home. So life home is where we outwork all of the things that we receive you know, one of the paradigm shifts that's happening in the church is about returning this uh, understanding and paradigm of spiritual family. Now, all throughout the scriptures of the New Testament, it uses the language of family. So we've got Father God, we've got Jesus as the Son, but he's also our brother, and he is our God as well. But uh, we are God's children. You know, Timothy speaks of... Uh, Paul as his spiritual father and, and him being the spiritual son. All throughout the New Testament, it talks about this familial language. So we understand that God's intent and expression of the church is to be like a family. It uses that language as an intent to build this culture of family. And again, this is part of where family happens in the Life Hub context. It's sons and daughters who are becoming mothers and fathers, and they're raised in spiritual families. That's where you learn all the things of family. It can sometimes be the hardest place for people to journey through because it exposes every area of lack or maybe areas of trauma in their experience of what family was. But that's the best place for you to be. I know you may have missed it in the, you know, when you first heard the good news of Jesus and you said yes to him and you came down and someone prayed a prayer. They might not have explained to you uh, the burning fire that would come upon you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire that would refine your heart and deal with your brokenness and expose you fully, that that was also the next kind of part that's going to come along. And that usually happens in the context of family. Family exposes stuff. It's when you're in a comfortable place and you can be raw and you can let out all of that sort of stuff. So we are not about putting on happy faces here and everything's fine and wonderful and it's a smile for an hour and a half and then we go back to our lives. We are real, raw, authentic, not just in language, but you know, messy people. If you're messy, it's okay. You're welcome to be messy here. Okay? But people will invite themselves into your life to help you clean up your mess. Okay, so be prepared for that also. Um, but it's okay to be messy. We love that. And you need safe places to be messy. And a safe place to be messy is within that community of your life hub. Yeah. All right. So God's desire for us is to become like Jesus. Discipleship and sanctification, which is the transformation of your heart and person, it happens best in spiritual families and close community. Here are some of the reasons why. It's very hard to hide in a family context. People see you and they get opportunity to, to talk with you and reveal you. But it's also a safe place to be broken and therefore to come into healing. So again, the reason why we invest so much time and energy into raising up prayer ministers is because we don't just want to have broken people who are stuck in their brokenness. We want to provide answers to your brokenness, which is Jesus, but sometimes that comes through the pathway of something like prayer ministry or getting delivered or just learning to live in community and being exposed in that way. So it's a safe place to be broken and then to come into healing. 
Discipleship for Jesus was life on life, not teaching upon teaching. It was demonstration, not philosophy. It was come and follow me as I go about my life. So he didn't just say, come and sit with me while I teach you a whole lot of information, and then you can go and figure it out on your own. When he invited the 12, he said, come follow me, and we're going to go on a journey. And that is what discipleship is meant to look like. I know 21st century discipleship can sometimes look like you become a Christian, here's the two-week course, figure the rest out on your own. Tithe, read your Bible, come along every week, get in a small group, tick, done. That's not the way of Jesus. It's not how he did it. And it's not how I think we should do it either. Um, because discipleship is a lifelong journey. It is every day for the rest of your life being formed into the likeness of Jesus. And it takes then, it takes a village to raise a child in that way. It takes a community, it takes a family to raise a disciple. And this is why, you know, I talked about the other week, sometimes even in how we evangelize people is that we evangelize just inviting them into the family, but then we leave them there. And we don't take on that journey of actually saying, well, I'm going to help you and walk with you to come into maturity with Jesus. So then the church ends up filled with immature Christians because no one's actually taken them on the journey and said, I'm going to show you how to obey Jesus. I'm not just going to tell you what you should do. I'm going to show you. And this is what it looks like. As, as the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, you might have a gift of evangelism. You might be a real great gatherer of people. I'm not saying every single person that you talk to Jesus about, you've now got to take on and have 50,000 people that you're meeting with every single week to disciple. Um, it might be that someone comes into the community through a different way, through your life hub and connects in, and they find themselves and say, hey, I'd love to, to do that journey with you, invite you onto that discipleship journey. But I, need, I just need to prepare you that if you're a part of this community, you're a disciple of Jesus, it's a command for you to make disciples. It's not an optional extra. It's not for the smarter people. It's not for the more mature people. It's not for etc., etc., etc. It's you. You will be called upon by God to disciple people. Yeah? So just prepare yourself. As this community grows, the people in this community are going to mature because you help them to mature. In many, many different contexts, it might be catching up for coffee with someone and, and reading the Bible together or praying together, inviting them over for a meal, whatever context it looks like. But if there's no one in your life, if you could say and look at your life and say, there is not one single person in my life that I'm discipling, I want to say there's a good chance that you're not walking in obedience to Jesus. Sailor. Life hubs, that smaller community context, it's a place to be known. Sometimes it's not about receiving, you know, uh, an answer to a problem, but just simply sharing where you're at is a powerful thing for your heart to be known by people, just to, for people to someone to know where you're at, to not live in isolation and loneliness. It is also a place to invite people who don't know Jesus into the context of family and community. I think most people are more likely to attend a barbecue than they are a corporate church gathering. It's inviting people into that space and accommodating them and everyone gathering around and, and loving on someone and doing that journey together. 
Like they should be places where people who don't know Jesus are being drawn into that place and that context. Because if we make what we do on a Sunday, if we make this an evangelistic time, then it's hard to grow people into maturity. It is also not the best context because a lot of people in our society would never step foot in any church. No matter how fantastic or worldly it looked, you know, you could, oh, let's, we'll serve beer and then people will come along. Yeah, or they could just go to the pub and not have to hear about Jesus, you know? It's like, it's, you know, the point is not to try and make the world, I mean, the church somehow palatable to people who don't love Jesus. That's such a weird concept to me. It's like, no, no, we want people who love Jesus to be in the place where, we, where we're loving on Jesus. Now, is my hope and expectation that people will come through this door and they have no knowledge of Jesus and they'll encounter him in the presence of God and the worship and the understanding and the being loved by community? Absolutely. But this is not the primary context where we expect you to make disciples and invite people in to meet Jesus. Okay, so if you're thinking, oh man, there's not a lot of, now where's the evangelism? Where's the outreach? Where's this? It's, it's look in the mirror. Where's, you know, why isn't everyone evangelizing? Look in the mirror. It's you. And I'm not going to take a responsibility off your shoulders. Because it's your job to share the good news of Jesus. It's your job to make disciples. And if people aren't getting saved in this community, it's your fault. It's not, I can't take that responsibility from you. I can't say, oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry, Grant. I'll do all your discipleship for you. No, I'll do all your evangelism. Just, you just leave it to me, mate. No, because I'm never going to I'm never gonna work with the people that Grant works with. I'm never going to, I don't live with the neighbours that he has around him. I don't shop at the same place that he shops. And, me, and I don't have the same friends that he has. So how on earth am I going to reach and connect those people? I wasn't expecting it to be so straightforward. <laughs> but you, you're probably used to it by now. We don't want to remove the responsibility of evangelism and discipleship from the people that God has said to do. That would be ungodly for me to do that to you. And this is it's the way that Jesus designed the church to grow and to mature and to stay in that place of maturity is it's person to person, step by step, daily like that. So this is stuff, uh, when I, when we had set out to um, plant the church, and so this is our 10-year anniversary, almost as like the church public, but it was a year in development before that, um, that I was doing a lot of research and meeting with people and, and kind of building a core team. But in that journey, I, used to, I just wanted to rethink everything about the church and make sure we're not just doing stuff because that's what churches do. And so I did stuff like I looked at, um, if you were to grow a church, and it, or a church was to grow by a 1,000 people every year, and you imagine over 20 years, you'd have a church of 20,000 people, or you take us, we're 10 years old, there'd be 10,000 people in this, well, you wouldn't fit them in here, but you know what I mean, on this property, in this church community, 10,000 people. Now, I think most people would look at that and go, that looks pretty successful to me. 10 years, 10,000 people. You grew about 1,000 people every year. Wow, that's awesome. Praise Jesus. So good. Okay. 
Now, if in that same 10-year period, if I discipled one person, and the next year, we both then discipled a person each. And then the year after that, the third year, then the four of us, who are now you know, walking maturely with Jesus, then discipled one person each. So if over that same 20-year period, all I had to do, one person a year for 20 years, how many people do you think there would be? 1.034 million people would not just know Jesus, but would be walking in maturity as a disciple and disciple maker of others. That's how simple Jesus started out. He didn't say, hold a crusade, have a big meeting, do these things. Now, I know in the New Testament, there are times where people said, they would call out and say, what are you guys up to? And they'd share and thousands of people would meet Jesus. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it doesn't necessarily lead into the context of life-on-life discipleship, which leads to the maturing of disciples and the production of disciple makers. And that's called exponential growth. If you took that one person to another person, I think it's, from memory, about 32 years for the entire world to be discipled. Seven billion people, 32 years is what it would take. If it's, and it could start with one person making one disciple who becomes a disciple maker. Radical. Simple. How much resource do you need for that? Very, very little. It's going to cost you your life. But guess what? <laughs> What's, it's going to cost you, sorry. Um, John 13, 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. As Jesus has loved you, you're, you are also supposed to love one another. By this, all people, how many people? All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So again, if, if the primary mode of evangelism that Jesus calls us to is love, we can't get away from love. But he literally says, people will know that you're my disciples, not by the miracles you perform, not by how great your music is or how well you articulate the Bible. People will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And how are they going to see you loving one another is when you invite them into that community context and they see it in action. Not even how you love them, but how you love one another. And people say, wow, there, that is, there is such radical love in that community. Something must be different because people don't normally love like that. And they'll see Jesus in the way that you radically love one another. That's love manifest. It's not, we can have an experience, and a person can have an experience of Jesus' love this way, but they'll see it most prevalent this way. Amen? So by the way, if you're in a life hub, Jesus expects you to love people. Yeah, you choose, because they're not going to always be lovable people. Yeah. People are ugly sometimes. People don't do what you want them to do, and they do what you don't want them to do, and it exposes all of your junk, and all of your judgments, and all of your bitterness, and all of your lack, and all of your longing. And then Jesus gets to come in and heal you, and meet your needs and transform you because without that context, without that rub, without that irritation, you'd never know that there's an issue. 
It's like having, you know, I think too often, yeah, uh, yeah well, too often I think we live in this, in, in, a, in a, we can live in a leprosy environment. We can live as lepers, as heart lepers, and not even know about it. And yet we're, being, we're injured and we're bleeding out and yet we have no, because we're not feeling the irritation because we remove ourselves from every place of irritation. We, we push ourselves into comfort and I avoid people and places that are going to irritate me. But the irritation is the blessing. Pain is a blessing. It exposes and reveals. Does, it does not make it easy, but it means you have the opportunity to walk into healing and wholeness. You know, if you get sand in your eye, it's not, it's like, ah, this really hurts, this sucks, I've got, you know, it's hurting me. But what a blessing, because if I didn't know about it, then eventually it would do damage and cost me way more than that small irritation. I don't know who wrote this, but it's on Carly's wall in her office. I went into your office this morning and took a photo, by the way. Your door was open after I kicked it. Um, but uh, I'm sure you guys wrote it together. But, but this, is, uh, this is kind of one expression of what our life hubs are. A life hub is a community of people who intentionally build a family culture of love, trust, and honor, empowering each other to grow into their destiny in Christ, where interdependence is celebrated and where authentic connection with God, others, and self is fostered. Amen? Amen. So the Lord's prayer is the Lord's desire that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, as, as a Life Hub community, this is where that outworking happens. This is from the beginning. Our primary philosophy of ministry is not to gather people into a place and create these false contexts where we do ministry, but to release people into wherever they find themselves. And that's where you are a minister for Jesus. So your ministry is your family, your neighborhood, your workplace, your university, your, your school, whatever, you know, your local shopping center, that is your place of ministry and mission. We don't want to create stuff and do everything and host everything here where you come out of your context to come and minister to people that you have no relational or geographical connection with. Now, there will be things that happen that are like that, that are corporate investment into those things. But where outreach and evangelism and discipleship should be happening is in every context where you find yourself. And our role and our hope is to get, uh, equip you to do that. All right. Last little points. So our life hubs are built upon an apostolic and prophetic foundation. So as everything in our church, we're not just thinking about, oh, how, where do we find a place to get loved upon? So this is a missional context. Everything that we do is about the expansion of God's kingdom. Okay, so even within your life hub, there is a thing where we're expecting that these life hubs are going to grow and people are going to meet Jesus and you're going to be matured and, and discipled and you're going to hear from God and you're going to speak out the reality of God. Pastoral care is done in this context, but I just want you to know pastoral care is not ministering to people's hearts. It's ministering to the whole person. That's body, soul, and spirit. If you're a shepherd of sheep, you don't go, oh, my sheep, you've got a broken leg. Oh, oh poor sheep. Bye-bye. <clears throat> you're going you're gonna to fix their leg. 
Like, oh, you're feeling sad today. She, oh, I'm so sorry you're feeling sad. Let me sit with you and I'll pray for you and we'll just do some ministry on you. And then, oh, you know, and then send them off and they die of starvation because they're not being fed. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no, the, the role of a shepherd is that you care for the whole person. Guess who's a shepherd? You are. So your role in that context is not, when we talk about pastoral care or shepherding, we're not just talking about the heart. We're talking about the whole person because it's what a shepherd cares for in the sheep. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, I was doing a, a kind of mocking thing of what cultural pastoral care can sometimes look like, but I'm not saying I don't feel like we do that. I feel like we get that, but I'm just saying and helping to understand and say, oh, cool, well, that's where kind of partial care and shepherding happens. So that's just where I go and, and just, um, you know, I'm, I'm loved on in that way. I'm cared for. So it's also where you're challenged and you're, but we, when we shepherd one another, we are caring for the whole person. That's meaning people's needs. It's, it might be pouring in financially. It might be providing provision of, of babysitting. It might be painting someone's front door. Like it's all of those areas that we care for. Again, it is not a meeting. It is all of life. So if you're in a life hub, you might go and get together at a particular time. And we realize this is sometimes the necessity in the busyness of the life that we have to have a set time where we know, oh, cool, I know I'm going to catch up with them then. But if that's the only time that you're seeing people in your life hub, you need to probably reorient your life around and make some more time to be able to do. And you could do everyday tasks. You could do the food shopping together. You could mow the lawn together. I don't know, just do, it's, it is that life and life. And it's in those contexts where relationship and discipleship and connection and growth happens. And again, as spiritual family, it's the goal. It's not always the reality. So I want to encourage you, be family. Don't just wait to be family. It takes everyone to make it work. So well, I went to a life hub and I didn't feel, I didn't feel like family and no one called me. It's like, but, but what did you do to create family? Because everyone might sit around and go, well, this doesn't feel like family. And everyone's standing there thinking that it doesn't feel like family. No one's actually making it family. And it's not up to your life hub leaders to set that culture. Just start ringing people. Get every single person's mobile phone number in your life hub. And make time to catch up with them. Go out for meals together. Go for a jog together. Like, am I, seeing, am I helping you to see how simple this is? It's just normal life lived with kingdom intentionality. Amen. I'm sure there's more, but that's all I got. And there's many more things to say, so bless you. Thank you, Brad. And for the way you love family and have modelled it. Um, we just want to, my name's Amy Talbot, one of the associate pastors here. I'm just wanting to roll out some of what our structure is. We don't lead this church through structure. We lead it through culture, kingdom culture, but we use some structure to help hold that up like the bones inside of a body. Um, so that was our senior pastor, Brad, who was speaking just now. Lisa, can you wave? That's his wife, Lisa. Uh, for anyone who's come more recently, just want to make sure you know that it's not a two-for-one deal when it comes to Brad and Lisa. It's not a, well, we pay him and she's to serve here next to him. She is asked to be a mom and she's a homeschooling mom now, and we've completely 100% released her to do that. So I just invite anyone here who hasn't completely released her to do the same to do it. It feels really good. I heaped expectation on her in my first year here, and I hurt her. 
And I learned that she's got a discipleship calling to her children and a passion, and she didn't ask uh, for the two-for-one deal. But for 10 years, she's come to every leadership meeting and has built the framework of this church and the ideas and the decor and everything alongside us. But we've released her. So I really invite you to do the same. Every now and again, she feels the wave of expectation come back when there's a new wave of people coming in. She is spiritually sensitive. It really feels great to just release her to be all that she can be. She's an amazing friend. Have a friend chat with her. So the four of us, so this is uh, my sister, this is Rachel Burton. So Rachel, Brad, Lisa, and I are in senior leadership uh, for the whole of the history of this church community. And then each week we also have other staff that come in and other leaders that we meet with and we have a fun time. There's a bunch of coffee we, we do work through. Um, I want to talk first about, uh, so Rachel's role has been more like, besides senior leadership, a director over prayer and worship, uh, both. And um, this next month, Rachel's going to take some leave because the whole of last year and doing some prep and some schools and some homework, her and Luke have done the program involved in what it is to foster a child. And they're going to be parents of a newborn uh, next month. So there's going to be a new Burton in the house, possibly. (laughs) So we don't know who this baby is, but I encourage you to pray for them because they're already um, alive, whether that's in the womb or uh, birthed already. But this baby is going to need Jesus and is in a situation that's not the safest for them right now. But at the right time in the next month or two, when it feels like that's the baby, they're going to accept. They've, they've gone for a newborn that they could possibly keep to 18 years. And if it has a sibling, they're open to that. But we're going to support them on that journey. And so Rachel's taking maternity leave uh, as of next month. And we'll just see what happens. And when the, the time is right, just know there's another Burton, a baby in the house. Uh, we don't know what culture the background will be. And uh, so us, Talbot family, the Burton family, and this community uh, look forward to receiving this baby. And the gift, they've been led by the Lord in this. So we're excited to see who this one is that God has chosen. And so uh, this last year, we've had Nicole Cameron um, sort of coming alongside Rachel in many ways and interning. And she's come on now properly as staff. Do you mind just standing for a second, Nicole? (laughs) So Nicole is going to take up um, both overseeing uh, the prayer and the worship um, as of sort of this next month or so um, for our community and spends time with us during the week here and is leading that. So if you're part of intercession, worship, all of that, expect to hear her voice coming through. We trust her so much. She is such a humble leader. She is safe. She's never demanded or needed this role. She has been like, oh, Jesus, (laughs) what am I doing? And we believe in her, and all she's got is her loaves and fishes and her yes. And so we're so proud of you and grateful for you. Um, And then when Rachel comes back at any time, part-time, she will take back some of that and also run in some new things that the Lord's been putting on her heart. So, But in the meantime, we're just looking forward to you stepping up this next month. Nicole, and thank you, Ian, for the way that you uh, lead her and cover her and have released her. So that's really exciting. So blessings over that transition. 
Um, and then in the area, so we had a, a transition of roles end of last year, if you remember. I used to sort of be director. I'm not I'm using this language as in it's a business, but just to help us picture. Uh, sort of oversaw pastoral care and life hubs and things in this church last year and then handed over that completely to, to Kylie Holt. Um, and so Kylie is leading out this year uh, with some new structure and some new helpers, and she's going to explain it in one second. So Kylie spends time in during the week. Nicole does. Our other staff members are, are Kev. Give us a wave. Andrew, behind the computer, you know, director of all media and things like that, and we've got property. And then we do have Chipper, who's here all the time, and we have uh, so Daniel Tidloy, and we have Heleni, who comes in. Where's Helene? Helene comes in on Fridays. She oversees um, our finance. We're under the Baptist Union for that, and it's very audited and very looked into by other companies. Every receipt has to be correct and accounted for, and it's safe. And Helene's like our bookkeeper with that, and we're just so grateful for you, Helene. And so we come together during the week, and I just want to invite our Director of Pastoral Care to tell you how the year's going to look. Woo-hoo! Hi everyone. Wasn't that exciting hearing about Life Hubs? I'm really excited this year. So my name's Kylie, as Amy just said. That's my husband over there. And I'm so excited also because my daughter and son-in-law came with our grandbaby. So Esme's here for the first time today. Brad and I also have a son, Brendan. He attends another church with his girlfriend. So that's lovely. Um... So I just want to share some things that um, are rolling out this year um, that we're really grateful for some people that are coming on board with me. So I'd like to introduce um, Jess and Lindley and Rod's away at the moment, but they're going to come on board and help me with um, overseeing our Life Hubs. They're our support and so Jess is over here and Lindley... Jess Talbot and Lily's down the back. So um, really, really grateful for this year having these um, people with me and we're doing this together and encouraging one another and encouraging our leaders as also. So um, Jess will be overseeing our South um, Life Hubs and Rod and Lily will oversee our North ones. So that's how it's sort of going to play out a bit this year. So can I ask, um, so Jess and um, is also really, you're going to hear a lot more from Jess just when it comes to pastoral things in this area and she's got um, a beautiful heart. She's so passionate about family and community. I'm a crier. <laughs> I can do announcements but yeah, <laughs> that's it. She's someone that I'm really enjoying getting to know more, I'm watching her and how she disciples people and she just knows about being intentional with connection. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Andrew makes you laugh, I cry. <laughs> yes, 
so I'm just really excited to learn myself about being intentional. It's not something that I think a lot of us maybe have heard or in past with um, Life Hubs. I don't know if you've been in Life Hubs before in other places or other churches, but I feel like it's different here and I'm so grateful for it because we get to be known, we get to know others and we get to do family different because a lot of us have family that's been shown or not shown and it's not kingdom culture and so we get to you know be part of kingdom culture and see lives change and our own lives are changed because of it so that's why I'm really excited for this year because it is going to bring change in your life if you participate if you choose to and you'll be the blessing for others as well even though we've talked about how we're going to grate and do this and do that, but it's going to be good. So brace yourselves. <laughs> so also um, we've got seven Life Hubs this year, um, four that way and three that way. <laughs> um, there has been some little changes. So every year we meet together and we really consider all the groups and um, who's going to be in them, who's going to, uh, you know, what, what area people are, are in, where they live, where they might work or whatever. So we're just asking you to just trust us in how we've allocated you to the, these families and you'll receive phone calls and people will contact you within the next couple of weeks. So just please trust us. If there's anything that you're unsettled about or you have another idea, we invite you to go and speak to the Life Hub leader and have a conversation. Don't be just, you know, not saying anything and walking away and I'm going to go to this one. We just invite, we're going to have conversations, tricky conversations, and it's okay. We'll all learn how to do this different than what you might have experienced in the past. So I just want to invite you to trust us. Jess will share a bit later on um, how our life hubs are going to be run, just with um, the cycle, we call it a cycle, but um, according to each term. So we're going to run it, but Jess will explain that to you later. So that's, that's going to be something that will be different for us all this year. But it'll, it's going to be fun and intentional and, yeah, you're going to learn how to do it with us. So I just want to um, introduce um, all the Life Hub leaders. So there are a few that are away this today, just for other reasons. Um, so I'll just do the first one. So I'm going to invite up um, one of our manager groups. So Grant and Sherelle Watts, Brett and come on up. <laughs> um, Brett and Bethy aren't here. They're away down south this weekend. Um, Mitch and Eb Barber. Very excited. I don't think I've mentioned. We're going to have um, interns this year as well. So Jess will talk a little bit about that as well. So um, Eb and Mitch and Brett and Beth here will be interns for us this year. So we're very excited about that. Um, our next second manager group is with Mark and Sharon. Um, Sharon's away today. She's unwell, but Mark's here. So this is lovely. Lisa Stanway, she's going to be part of the support team, but she's not... Come on up, Lisa. Um, Lisa isn't doing pastoral care as such. I mean, obviously, 
she loves people. <laughs> this woman loves people. But she's just going to be helping out hospitality and just creating family spaces and that, that sort of thing. Um, and then also Deb Henville, but I think Deb's not here today. She's just with her hubby. He's been unwell. So then we have our Mandra 3 group, which is my group and Brad's group and Kev Smith. If you can come on up, fellas. And then Rory and Cassie will also be with us. They're away this weekend down south with family with Brett and Bethia. And then our fourth um, south group is the Quinana group. So we have Troy and Adele. They're joining us. Excited. And Ian. Come on up, Ian. So then for our north groups, we have a ladies group. And there's Kerry, sorry, over here, leading the way with worship this morning. Keeping up with her. <laughs> Love it, Kerry. So good. Barb, come on up. Janine and Lynette. Lynn Scadden. This team looking great. There's a few more yet. Let's keep going. So we've got Baldivis Group, Ed and Arky. This is good. Rod and Lindley. So Lindley's part of that support group as well. And Jess, Jessica and Josh. Dantes. Very excited. And then our last group is the Perth group. Karen, please come up. And Jenny and Steve Dunkley, please come up. So these are all our Life Hub leaders. We're very blessed to have this wonderful team. So can you expect to hear, hear from them in the next couple of weeks? Um, and they're going to connect you in to their family that we've um, really considered for you to be in and be part of. So get to know some of these faces. You're going to hear from them soon and you're going to be connected into a family and your life is going to be changed. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, you can all sit down. Thank you. <laughs> Just one more thing I want to encourage. Jess is coming up to share some things. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, Lindley. Oopsies. Okay. Um, just one more thing I want to encourage. Be brave, everyone. If you're not on Facebook... We would just love, uh, just, it's just another platform for you to consider being part of. We do do a lot of communication and chats with our Life Hubs and it's done through Facebook and Facebook Messenger. It doesn't have to overwhelm you or scare you and you don't have to friend the whole world. We don't count numbers, we don't do anything like that. But it's just a, an, op, um, an opportunity for connection. There's been a lot of good fruit from some of the Life Hubs last year with their, with their chats and their communicating through this. So I just invite you to consider, if you're not on a, um, Facebook, just to think about if you would like to be, do that, to be part of communication in the Life Hubs. Um, yeah, you don't have to, but we're just inviting you. It's just another form to just get connected and have fun. It really is fun. Thanks. Good morning everyone, I'm Lynn Lee and um, my role is more in an administrative role 
as well as, you know, I do do pastoral care as well, but I also um, oversee a lot of the admin. And so I just want to explain briefly on how do people actually get invited into a Life Hub. And as you know, we have little connect cards at the info desk, and they actually pay, play a really important role in the church. And so um, just if you know there's someone new, if you've spoken to some new people here on, on occasion and you can ask them that question, you know, would you like to be more connected in? Do you want to get to know people? Would you like to be in a life hub? And then just bring them or get a card for them to fill in and leave it at the desk or pop it in the little black box or something. But I take that card and then during the week, I contact that person and have a little chat and find out where they're at and what they want to do and, um, and find out where they're living. And then... Um, I enter them into the database, you're all on a database, and um, then we just, you know, pray and talk together as a pastoral care team and um, decide that they might fit well into this particular group. And then I contact the Life Hub leader of that group, and, that, and then they contact that person and invite them into the family. So that's sort of how the system works. Okay, so... Um, yeah, it's done with discussion and prayer and consideration of the, that person's needs. So, as I said, the Connect cards are, really play a pivotal role. And so, as I said, I also oversee the, the church database, and we have all the kids on that database as well. We have all the families, um, the whole families are on that. And so if there's any changes in your situation, whether it's telephone, whether it's email, whether it's street address, whatever, could you really remember in all your, you know, notifications of people that you need to notify your changes, could you put Paradox Church on that list as well and just let us know of any changes in your situation? I know it's very practical and mundane, but it really helps. And it helps us sort of dropping, not dropping the ball on you or you missing out on any notifications and things like that. Also, just one other thing. Um, we do have uh, a prayer ministry available within our community. And so the protocol for prayer ministry, if you feel you just want to chat with somebody and just you feel stuck and you just feel like you need some help and moving forward... Um, the protocol is that rather than going direct to people that um, give their time for prayer ministry, you actually just contact the church office, either by email or just a phone call, and then we, um, we do the referral. So we will contact the prayer minister, check it out with them, and then they'll make contact you and make that appointment. So that's just how the system works. So it just keeps things more accountable, and also it just doesn't bombard the people who do it voluntarily. So if you can always just put it through the church office, okay, which is mainly me, okay? <laughs> so um, that's sort of my main role, and outside of that, Rod and I do pastoral care, and as Kylie said, we also oversee those Life Hub groups, and we love it. <laughs> And Rod says hi, by the way. He's in New Zealand at the moment on family business. And this is my other family. 
Thanks, Mum. Hi, everyone. My name's Jess. Um, I've been a part of this community for two years and it felt like home within two weeks. And it was the probably the fastest time in my life that I've ever felt so connected. I really, really love this community. Um, this, this past year I um, led a life hub alongside Sherelle and Grant Watts and it was an incredible experience. We really discipled each other and we found that leading brings a responsibility, an extra responsibility, and you need to sort out your stuff because you're leading other people and you open up doorways over them of whatever you're carrying. So it's fine to be messy in that, but you need to be walking it out. And the three of us grew so much. I think we thought we would grow um, leading a, like the life up, but actually we grew ourselves. <laughs> and that has an overflow effect onto the life up because the healthier you can be, the more feedback and encouragement you can give one another, the healthier you can be, the more insight you have, the better you can start to see and love what's happening in your group or give feedback what's happening in your group. So out of that has birthed this idea of internship um, because there's a difference between being a part of a community and, and leading a community. It's a bit tricky because like what Brad was sharing, um, all of us are leaders and all of us are discipling. We should be discipling people. So we need to grow that as our own personal culture, but then also as um, within our church culture, with that just a bit more intentional, like leadership, what does leadership look like? Well, how do you learn that? How do you learn what leadership looks like? Um, there were, there's times you read in the Bible where Jesus performed a miracle or he shared a parable and everyone was like, oh, wow, that's cool. But then later on, his disciples said to him, what was that about? Why did you share that parable? What does it mean? Um, why, when we prayed for those people, nothing happened? And there was time where he had that was intentional with them, where he just picked apart what was going on and just gave them deeper understanding and more opportunity to learn, to ask questions that maybe in a crowd of people they didn't have the same opportunity to ask. And that's what I think, for me, internship is discipleship, it's mentoring, is what um, we hope that it will provide. So the way that I see internship is not like people living very separate lives and coming together at Life Hub and kind of doing at Life Hub meetings and kind of doing like three hours together and then you don't see each other for another week. For me, internship means that you journey together. Through the week, you're journeying together. You're communicating with each other, whether it's through social media or meeting up with each other intentionally. You're talking about things. You're asking questions. You're discipling each other. And you're growing in what leadership means. You're growing in what, who am I? Who are you? Uh, we want to know and be known. How can I let you know me if I don't know myself? 
all of those things. So internship helps to grow us and so that we can help grow our whole community and that overflows into the rest of the Life Hub and that overflows from them into their communities that they're discipling as well. Sorry, I lose my breath when I'm talking in front of crowds. I think that um, the community of Life Hubs is awesome because you really learn to brother one another. You can become a safe person and hear each other's stories and really ask into and encourage and really brother one another within that, those communities. Leadership is not just brothering, but learning how to father. So internship for me is um, learning what is the difference between brother, brothering and fathering and speaking from a father's heart. And it, hear me, obviously I'm not trying to be gender exclusive. <laughs> I think we understand what I mean when I'm saying brothering and fathering, but learning how to speak into someone, not just alongside them, but speaking into their identity and empowering them that they can bring change into their life and so on. And it's from a stance of love. So that's another difference there. Yeah, as Brad said, Jesus says, follow me and you'll see, we'll journey together, you'll see what life is about. That's what discipleship is, that's what internship should be, in my opinion. And Paul also said, follow me as I follow Jesus. We're supposed to be following the Lord and we're supposed to have people following us as we follow the Lord. Yes, that's internship. Um, most Life Hubs this year will have interns, not all, or perhaps interns will start within some Life Hubs later in the year. It's going to be really organic. We don't even really know what it's completely going to look like, but we'll feel our way forward and go from there. Okay, the structure for this year. We're going to follow the school term timetable. So during school holidays, we'll be meeting breaks. Um, am I okay walking around, Andrew? It's a bit of feedback. I'm getting a bit of feedback. Stay on the carpet. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, last year we did family dinner, huddle, family dinner, huddle, family dinner, huddle. So we're going to explore a few different things this year. The two dates mean Wednesday or Thursday, depending on what your hub does. So week one, we'll start off with a family dinner. Everyone gathering together, bring your spouses, bring your children, bring whomever, we'll meet somewhere for a barbecue just within your hub. It's, it's up to your leaders and your hub as a whole how you organize that, but that's what week one will be about. Week two is a men's night. So last year, Brad introduced two, when one, uh, men's night. We want to continue that and just explore and deepen some of the um, stuff that he's got in his heart there. And as well, he wants to grow and develop the leadership amongst the men in our community. Um, so the male Life Hub leaders and intern leaders will still have 
leadership within men's night and be and grow within that. But Brad will be leading that, and it will probably be here on site. Um, during that week, the ladies will be releasing their men to go. So if men can't go because of commitments that they've got at home or wherever that where the ladies can cover them for that, then that's awesome so that the men can go to men's night. Or if the ladies want to, they can catch up with each other or they can sleep, whatever. <laughs> um, week, through, week three is a Life Hub weekend activity and... Mon uh, Sunday ministry teams night. So the ministry teams night will be during the week on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever happens. And that'll be for ministry teams that are operating on Sundays. So that's like worship teams, um, tech teams, prayer set, those sorts of things. And it's an upskilling night for anyone involved in those teams. That will be happening during the week instead of Life Hub. And instead, Life Hub will do a weekend activity. So we're breaking away from, oh, I only hang out with you on Thursday. It's like, no, I'm learning to do my week with you. Let's do breakfast barbecue on Saturday morning. Or after church on Sunday, let's all go to Brother of Mine and book a big table. Or let's go down to Bustleton for the weekend and have a camp, whatever. So it's like a family dinner, but in the weekend instead of in the week. Uh, week four is ladies huddle. So this is the ladies version of men's night, but you stay within your life hub for that huddle. So again, the men releasing the ladies to come. Um, ladies gather together, have intentional time, talk through heart and spirit things, and go home hopefully Nicely filled with community and encouragement. Um, week five is Life Hub Prayer Sets. So Rach and Nicole began this last year. Where um, The prayer room for that week on the Wednesday and Thursday gets flipped to the evening. And anybody in Life Hubs are encouraged to come to the Wednesday and or Thursday prayer sets. Um, just to break community into our prayer and really lean into who we are as a church. And then that repeats itself, kind of. So week six goes into a men's night. Week seven, the weekend activity. Week eight, ladies huddle. And then in week nine, we're going to do an all-in huddle. So that's all in within your life hub. So the idea is that with the men's nights and the ladies huddles, there's some really deep and strong stuff going on. Can we bring that together so that men are ministering into the women and women are ministering into the men and we can hear each other's voices? That's what the all-in huddle is about. And that is similar to last year when we had the huddle nights. That's what this is. And then week 10, all the Life Hub leaders will be in a meeting with Kylie and Lindley and myself. And the rest of the Life Hub will be having family dinner without us. Unless it's on different nights and we can, we can gate crash. Um, so it's a family dinner night again to end the term off. That's the structure that we're going to give a go. <laughs> Kai or Ames, thank you. Thank you, everyone. 
So excited to hear your voice in this community. Fivefold Shepherd's Heart is on her. You'll be hearing more. Um, beautiful fruit coming out of your life hub from last year as well. Thank you. I'm just going to close with some points. So the life hub leaders for 2020 came up and you saw some old and some fresh faces. So they then are part of then what we call the paradox core team, which does not mean the in crowd. It doesn't mean the popular inside ones and the rest of anyone else is on the outside. The leaders change each year. It's just people we've invited in. And adding to that core team of, of leaders, there are just a couple more. So we've included in our core team Vanessa, who oversees Paradox Kids. So she has a voice um, with church direction, as well as Heleni, hospitality and finances as part of our core team. And then we have some people who also oversee the prayer sets who aren't Life Hub leaders. Do you know that almost all the prayer set leaders are the Life Hub leaders? Isn't that the good blend of the prophetic and the pastoral? That's what it should be. They believe in both. It's wonderful. But we also have Lynn Tipper, who's also a prayer leader. So she's on our core team. Uh, Luke Burton isn't here today. He helps run the Monday night. So he's part of our core team. We bless him. I don't know, did Jordan MacArthur get back from England? Is he here? He might come in this afternoon for the core team meeting. They're, they're, he's awesome. So Jordan's often up there on the keys. He's part of our core team. Bless Jordan. And then some of also people who've been part of our leadership in various areas, but especially in prayer ministry, are entering in back gently since we're starting to get that boat going. And we have four others who are part of our core team, and that is uh, Jane, who's not here today. She's at a wedding, so Jane, who belongs to Richard. So Jane, bless Jane. We have Ali Smith. Bless you, Ali. And we have Teresa and Martin Wilson. Bless you. So just for this year, at this time, it could change through the year depending on needs. There are people we've invited to be part of core team, which doesn't mean in crowd. It doesn't mean core family. It's more important to be family than to be on core team, <laughs> okay? So just the family part's the important part. But we've invited them into core team, which means there's more of a voice and an understanding in what's happening with the church, what sensing where we're going, moving us forward. And just so you know, after coffee time, which we're going to enter into in the next few minutes, about an hour after that, the, all the core team are inside here, and we're just having our first 2020 meeting. So please don't feel excluded. If people start collecting in here, just know it's because we're entering into a meeting. Um, it's not awkward, and we will gently usher you out after an hour, and just know that that's happening today. So thank you for the core leaders staying on this afternoon. Um, yeah, so can I just, can I take another minute? I know it's been a lot of listening, but I feel like this creates safety, it creates function, it creates order, which I'm very onto when it comes to communication. I'd like to um, let you know that after 10 years, it's going to be the first time we're going to start moving into some Facebook protocol for how we use our church group one that we're all on, which will be different to Life Hubs. But because we're growing, do you know that we've got 175 people in Life Hubs? Like we're, we're just, the Lord keeps adding family to us, which is the point 
The point is the kingdom advancing. So if we are always changing and always growing, it's healthy. Please don't hang on to the, what has been. Um, but what we're starting to notice is because we're growing more and more and more, we want to leave our church group what we are, that we are only on, people who aren't part of this church family don't know it's there and are not on it, the private group. We would like to just invite that some of the voices coming through on that are mainly just people who are on the core team and even inside core team, leading things in the core team. Not even, you know, And there's been no problem as yet. This is not a passive-aggressive communication to anything that's gone on. Everything is fine. Everything's been healthy. But what happens is as we grow more and more and more is people attach to all sorts of different ministries they know about. And so then there's all sorts of ministries and prophetic words coming through. And it's not something that maybe core team know about or believe in or, you know, it just starts getting a little bit unsafe and busy. It should be a page we're just going to have for inf information, communication. Hey, there's a busy bee next week. Or who wants to go to Lauren Daigle from the community? Things like that. There can be an information an information page. We've loved that new people coming in. Chloe, it's just beautiful that new people coming in are like, you don't know me. I'm not in a life hub yet. You're going to love us. This is us. It's so beautiful, Chloe and Nathan. That's appropriate and it's been fine. But once you're in a life hub, so starting from two weeks' time, and we've had some beautiful prophetic words coming through and Bernie and Patricia Go are connected to people I've never heard of and that's been a blessing. But in two weeks' time, we're going to move into a season where can you use your life hub page for things that you're wanting to share and encourage and needs you have, uh, practical needs you have, because then you can work it out as a family or the life hub leaders can go, actually, I've got to check in my spirit about that, or they can just help shape some of the ways you might approach family. And can we start leaving the whole church group to just people who are leading community, um, leading the information and who are channeling with particular prophetic groups that we feel is the same as us? Is that Okay. I guess it's not a right, so that made me feel less anxious about saying this, because it's not everyone's right to write on that page, is it? It's your right to write on your own page. That's your Facebook page. But we've allowed you to join this group for comms and so on, and we just want it to be safe. When there's 300 people, you will want this protocol in place, because not everybody is yet completely safe or come out of some brokenness or it's it's just what we need to do now we're getting bigger so is that okay so once the life hub groups have started I'll put that up on our church page and I'll just put some little admin notes in there how does this page group and can we just withdraw from using that for comms and start pulling into to life hubs was that okay to say okay we're going to be safe and it's going to be good and we might delete things that aren't appropriate and then call you and chat you th through with you because we're with you um, please remember to stay on and be in that back room for some filming. If you've got some memories, if you've been core, if you love this church, um, Andrew would just love to film a quick thing of you saying a memory to put in the video at the 10th birthday. Please come to the 10th birthday. We've got over 100 of you coming so far. Don't be put off by being more formal. Let it grate whatever's in there and dress in something that's comfortable, even if it's smart. It's fine if it's whatever. You can all, men and women can come wearing pants. It's fine. Just no jeans. Let's really upgrade it and come in and just be brave and know each other on a different level. And there may be some dancing and we're just going to communicate things that might happen. And we're going to just bend and grow and become bolder people together. And it's going to be fun. Is that all right? Please sign up today for that. It's $40 per adult, 10 per child. 
um, bring someone who you're married to that's not part of this community or dating or engaged to, and that's fine. The greenhouse, please, please consider coming on Fridays. What's starting to happen is that we've got about 30 so far. That's good. <laughs> 30 people going, we want to give every Friday to come and intern here. That's amazing. We didn't think that high number, but a lot of them are ticking different, uh, just grouped things, but especially Transformation Center, which is put through to us, actually, this is a group to build the Transformation Center on, and we're going to start that on Fridays. So if you're somebody, so Brad's had a chat to me, he would like me to lead that out on Fridays. If you're someone who especially has prayer ministry as a passion, or counseling, or in a healing in any way, or some of the practical ways of helping people, which is equipping them in job skills and things like that. But if you've been thinking Transformation Center, there's actually quite a few of you. You're not the only one. And what's looking like is that it's going to be birthed out of Fridays. It doesn't mean that if you can't do Fridays, you can't be involved. Know that you can be involved at any level or that you have. But if you could do Fridays, if you could ask God, would that work financially? Or if you could flip something around or change a day you have babysitting, can I ask you to consider coming in on a Friday if you want to do some of that? There's also a lot of people signing up for tech, and um, that's amazing. So do come if you want to be involved in that. And there's some other, there's the other areas you can tick for interest. But if you're thinking Transformation Center today, consider ticking up for Greenhouse. Um, please stay on for coffee. Remember, we're meeting new people as part of what we do here on Sundays. And um, thank you for listening to those changes. We'll put it up on our internal healthy comms page um, this next week for people who couldn't be here today. Core team meeting, can we do 20 past one? It's supposed to be one, but let's just do an hour of coffee with people and videoing. And 20 past one, the microphone starting. So quarter past one, can core team please be seated? We've got these for you, so please grab one on your way in. They'll be on the stage or at the info table. They'll be on the stage. Come and grab this and be seated by quarter past one or core team. Can I pray? Lord, that was a lot of listening, and we just thank you for the grace for our ears and our hearts. We just thank you that you have spent the last two weeks really downloading 2020 vision. I didn't make that up. That just, I mean it. God, you've been dropping 2020 vision and you've been saying this is the way walk in it and we're just so excited about what you're building this year we thank you that you've given us the grace for it that you're dropping the capacity for it that you're dropping the dreaming for it and we just um we lean in and lord we give you uh, our yes for our life ups we just give you the yes help us to choose each other help us to walk through the refinement that family involves and loving family involves and we bless especially this year's core team, Lord, as they choose to take on a level of cost in the spirit and take on a level of cost uh, time-wise and take on a level of cost in their personal walk in Christ-likeness in order to uh, father this community. Would you just bless them, empower them, cover them, protect all that they love and hold dear, their family lines, their generational lines, their homes, their houses. Would you just cover and hide them and bless them this year? In Jesus' name, amen. Please stay on for a coffee. Thank you, Helene, for your post during the week and getting culture going in that direction. Meet someone new. Make it a thing. Make it a thing. It's uh, kingdom culture. The Lord bless you.